All right, legends. Welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly. And I mean that today more than I've meant it any other day this year because it's a brand new year of Get Around Me and failing that, the world itself. So welcome back. Happy New Year. 2024 is here and so am I. What a time it is to be alive. Pumped up. The podcast has returned. I did do a cricket episode for anyone who's into that sort of thing on Tuesday. But really, I didn't count that as the official return of Get Around Me. Do you know what I mean? That had sort of a pre-season feel, sort of a tour match type vibe. At its core, it was really the ramblings of a man who desperately needs to download Hinge. So if you're into that sort of thing, I did a Australia versus Pakistan uh, series review. But it's just banter, really. I mean, there's not much uh, cricket analysis, though there is a little bit, I suppose. Um, but if you actually have love in your life and you have a good feeling about 2024 and you don't need to watch 12 hours of cricket a day over the break to manage your anxiety, then welcome back. This podcast is for you, hey? Woo! <laughs> this is the official return to Get Around Me. And i got a bloody good feeling about this year, guys. I don't know what to tell you. Traditionally, the new year... Don't really vibe it that hard because my birthday is also January 3rd. And I think it's just like too much change in numbers. You know, new year, new age. I guess they're the only two. But really, I'm dealing with an extra one that most people aren't. So traditionally turning the next number in my life, I'm 29 now. It usually fucking terrifies me, to be honest, for whatever reason. 27 hit me like a truck. Okay, I didn't handle 27 well for the first month or so. But dude, 29 and 2024, I'm just, I've got a vibe. I don't know what it is if my, my bucket hat fit particularly snug this morning or what's happened, but I got an absolute vibe on for 2024. Maybe because it's an even number, I'm not sure. I don't want to look into it too hard because if it's not broken, don't fix it. But I think I've just decided that this year is going to rip. I've got a big tour coming up this year. Other stuff, probably. I don't know. That's the only thing off the top of my head now. But I've just got a good bloody vibe for 2024. I hope you do too. I will say, Monday, January 8th, the world's sort of going back to work. I can't believe I'm even podcasting right now. What's today? Wednesday, January 10 or something. I mean, I personally was actually going to bring back the podcast next week on the 18th. And then I'm seeing all these other podcasters much cooler podcasters than me, if you can wrap your head around that. Podcasters who don't wear bucket hats. Yes, they exist. Yes, they're people too. And I'm seeing blokes firing out podcasts like Happy New Year, like halfway through New Year's Day. I'm seeing January 2. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm thinking, back? Did you ever fucking leave, mate? You know? What are you talking about? We've got to talk to the unions about this. Podcasting should, should disappear from de December 14 to January 14, really. At least a month, I think. I'm not sure how everyone else sort of traverses their podcasting experience, but I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I saw a bloke release a podcast on December 30. For the love of God, friend, download Hinge, okay? 
I'll show you where it is in the App Store. There's no need to be putting these cries for help out in audio format on December 30. So, fair play to my fellow podcasters who are clearly much harder workers than me. I wish you the best. But as I've stated, 2024, there's a bit of a vibe on for yours truly. But anyway, January 8th. Why did I say that date? Boom. That's why. I'm ready to go January 8th. I've sort of resigned myself to the fact that I will be podcasting this week. And then I wanted to talk about the cricket in depth and, you know, what people's memories are like. If you talk about something like four days after it happened, people have no idea what the fuck you're on about, you know? That's how quickly the world moves now. You've got to be finger on the pulse. Um, I had a hot, 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 hot take about Cam Green. That was actually a genuine stutter as well. I didn't mean to say hot four times, but I did try to say it twice and then sort of lost control. It's my first week back. Back off. It's my podcast. It's the last time I'll say it, dude. Okay? It is the last time I'll say it. But anyway, I resign myself to the fact, all right, January 8th, back to work, back to podcasting. Got my first stand-up gig tomorrow as well, back for the year. And, you know, dude, I don't mind podcasting. I like doing the stand-up. I don't even mind going to work during the day or whatever. But it's like the return, I'm not thinking about the one return day. I'm thinking about like going back into the machine that is a working year, you know. I'm not thinking about, oh, I've got a gig on Thursday. I'm thinking about the remaining 250 I've got to do for this year, you know. You're just like, oh, my God. When you're in it, when you're on the treadmill, you know, doing podcasts and stand-up and whatever you're, you're doing, HR, building houses, when you're in it, you're fucking in it. But once you get off the treadmill and you see that you actually, you know, you were on 11 at an incline, you think, well, that's great and good on me for putting in all that work in the previous year. But now that I've got off the treadmill and I've had a look at how fast that thing's going, I don't want to fucking get back on, to be honest. And so it's been a slow restart for me. You know, I, I really officially go back when the kids go back to school. That's when I'm really two feet on the ground. Like I'm technically back right now, but do you know what I mean? Attitude's probably not quite there yet waking up at all sorts of times. So I'm not 100% back, back, back. But anyway, what I wanted to say was January 8th, I sit down, turn on Fox Sports News. And the reason I watch Fox Sports News on a Monday morning is because just sort of filling time. Because I'm probably too, too much head noise from the weekend to write anything down on a piece of paper. So I like to put on Fox Sports News because it's news, but it's not really news. You know, it's like news for people who don't understand the real world or can't handle the intensity of it. Either way, it's news for cowards, really. It's news about the Sydney Swans. I mean, who who gives an actual fuck? But I love it. Turn on Fox Sports News, ready to ready to see what Cam Green's been doing. I heard he ran a lap of the Oval and they gave him an Olympic medal or or whatever, bam, straight in the face, Sam Kerr ACL injury. Fucking shut it down, 2024. What is the point of this? You're telling me Sam Kerr, like if Sam Kerr's out, I'm out. That's a rule. (laughs) If Sam Kerr is out of 2024, then I'm out. And there's nothing you could do about it, okay? (laughs) God, that just hit me like a truck, dude. 
Not to mention we got the Paris Olympics this year, but it had that breaking news down the bottom. You know, last time I saw a breaking news banner with that sort of intensity, Shane Warne was dead. And not to make light of the great man, of course, that was a horrible loss. But my God, you see these breaking news banners, it sends an absolute shiver up your spine. And Sam Kerr's out for pretty much the whole of 2024 with an ACL injury. It's fucking shattering, guys. Okay, I'm sorry to be so negative off the rip, but yeah, it rocked me, to be honest. It rocked me hard. I read something that women suffer more ACL injuries than men by like a shocking amount. I think in soccer specifically, double check that. I just made it up. But my God, they're doing studies and uh, I read that they're, you know, looking into it now. But yeah, we've got to get on top of this because... It's annoying as hell. <laughs> you know, when I'm watching the Tillies in Paris this year and Sam Kerr's not there, that's going to shatter me. That's going to absolutely shatter the nation. So that's a tough start to the year. It really is. But let's push past that. I'm vibing 2024 regardless. Watched a lot of cricket over the break. Really chilled out over the Chrissy break. Just turned into an absolute cricket freak, really. I'm like a diehard cricket fan, but for like four to five weeks of the year where I really rev it up with the, the test cricket and the big bash. Um, and then, you know, the rest of the year, I will watch Australia when it's good, but I'm not watching like, I don't even know what else you'd be watching, like the IPL or some shit. But I will say watching like nine hours of cricket, living in a house with people who don't like cricket Makes you feel like a real freak. <laughs> oh, dude. A couple of days I'd watch like test cricket all day. And then I'd flick it over to the Big Bash. And I could just see Marky looking at me thinking, this bloke's a serial killer. i got to call someone about this, you know? When the bodies start piling up, there's going to be blood on Marky's hands as well. Because he's witnessed this behavior. He's seen me. Watch seven hours of test cricket straight into a big bash doubleheader, okay? He's seen me do this and it's pretty confronting, I got to say. I, I found myself like trying to justify, like <laughs> I'm in my like eighth hour of watching cricket. I'm like, oh, no, 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 but you see the strikers versus the hurricanes. This is just a rivalry as old as time. Yeah, no, match 37 of a, of a possible 60 this season. No, this is a big one, mate, Okay. I know it doesn't seem like it, but you got to trust me that this is a big one. So, a lot of good times over the break. Shockingly, after spending maybe $84 on Manuka honey in 2023, putting it in my coffee, I noticed, you know, my throat was uh, not that good after doing all these podcasts and stand-up and, and blazing, and then you have a slide back on the cigarettes. It was affecting my voice. And then also I read that John Jones would have a spoonful of Manuka honey to give him extra energy in the championship rounds. So I started having high quality, I'm talking creme de la creme Manuka honey in my coffee for about seven months in 2023, maybe six months. I was trying to impress you. And then I'm talking to my mate Barthy over the break who knows all about Manuka honey. He has a mate who like exports all of the manuka honey that the southern hemisphere eats or he's had manuka honey before or, or a version of that and it turns out that putting the manuka honey in coffee actually destroys pretty much all of the benefits 
you'll get from it. You shouldn't put it in boiling water. That's so. I oh, fuck that. I spent twenty twenty three basically pouring manuka honey into a bin. <laughs> <laughs> the whole of 2023 i'm walking around thinking i've got like i'm like oh you could really feel the manuka honey <laughs> i'm like the boiling water is perfect because it just melts it you know that's why i was <laughs> also i thought i was intermittent fasting apparently a fucking tablespoon of manuka honey to start your day will, will <laughs> also breaks the fast Oh my god, I spent most of 2023 thinking I was intermittent fasting and also reaping the benefits of high quality manuka honey. And it turned out I was doing neither. <laughs> okay, alright, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, gotta tighten up a few things in 2024, guys. Despite vibing this year and the even number it's presenting... Uh, got to tighten up a couple of things. So I would say if I do have a New Year's resolution, it's to not waste $84 on Manuka honey. And it's... Oh, God. Yeah, God, what a... what a Yeah, that's so that's a shocker. So uh, I would say, yeah, attempt intermittent fasting and actually work out what it is and not waste $83 on Manuka honey. Are my news resolutions, and did I have a real news resolution? I did actually this year. What about this team? I'll run this up the old flagpole. News resolution: just be myself more in like every situation. I kind of realized since I've moved to the city that I've kind of like not got like different versions of myself, but I think I was like kind of. Do you ever feel like you're sort of revving your personality up or down depending on who you're with? You know. Like, sometimes I'm around some people and I'm like, oh, if I'm, like, fully myself, they'll just think I'm, like, a freak or something, you know? Like, when you're around cool people and you, like, don't want to make a weird joke because they'll think you're a bloody weirdo or something, I think that in 2024, some people are just going to have to think that Billy Darcy is a weirdo, and they're probably right, okay? But I kind of realized I was sort of taking 10% off my personality to make myself more palatable uh, for some absolute squares out there, so... Yeah, just got to fucking fly the freak flag a bit more this year and uh, and just stay away from the farmer's markets. <laughs> just had so much manuka honey in 2023. I was having it twice a day. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Come on, guys. Focus up. Now, we'd better start doing the podcast, I suppose. Um, a couple of little stories I wanted to talk about from the break, and then I want to talk about the Golden Globes and then the project. So, oh, yeah, dude. So, what about this? So, made my debut on SEN Radio, like, just before Christmas. And I've been on SEN Radio before, but as a guest and at, like, 1 a.m., so, potentially the first time I've been on SEN Radio where someone has heard me on the other end of the old radio phone. So, very exciting. I got the call up to host. Um, also, my first time like actually hosting a radio show that wasn't 
a community or university program. And I've been on a lot of real radio stations, but only as like a guest and only for maybe upwards of 23 minutes. So my first time being the actual host and not being scurried out of there after a gentleman's six minutes. So very exciting. I was hosting the ride home or the drive home or something like three to six on SEN filling in for Joel and Fletchy or Fletch and Jolly, <laughs> a version of that, just to fill it in for a couple of true blue Australian larrikins, you know, one in, one out, as they say. And I think Fletch was in Vegas doing some stuff with Fletch and Hindy, and I got no idea who the fuck Joel is, to be honest. So high highs, low lows. I was doing it with my friend Andrew Barnett, who's just a bloody legend and a fantastic stand-up comedian, probably one of, one of my all-time favorites in Sydney. And so he was supposed to do it with this guy, Steve Philp, and then he dropped out. And then I think someone else dropped out. And then so I get the call at like 2.15. Can you be in North Sydney at 3? It's time to drive the east coast of Sydney home. No, sorry. It was like from Melbourne, I think all around the east coast and like Auckland. So I've gone trans-Tasman in my first hosting gig. That's something we've not seen before. Okay. Anyway, so I go, yes, sick. I, I leave work without telling anyone, so don't worry about that. But uh, get on the train, head to North Sydney. It was about 31 degrees. So I roll in to host uh, the drive home or whatever, like T-shirt, work shorts, work boots, just dripping in sweat. Just drip, because I had to run from the train station to the radio station, okay? Proper station to station stuff here. And... Oh, yeah, so I'm dripping in sweat and I'm meeting the producers and like, I just reek. And then I'm like, oh, where's the bathroom? Um, I just need to go to the bathroom before the show. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe I'll have a bit of a, a sink style shower. Like at least you wash your hands, get a bit of soap up the forearms, you know, maybe sort of towel my forehead down a bit or something. I go into the bathroom. They're renovating the whole SEN office, right? Including the bathrooms. So there's toilets, but there's no sinks. Like, there's just holes in the walls where the sinks are. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding. <laughs> like, what are the chances of this? Like, I've never needed a sink more desperately in my life. No sinks. So, I go, whatever. So, I sit down in the studio, just dripping of sweat. I'm looking at the run sheet. Um, big ass. It was just after the first test. And it was just after Colby Covington fought Leon Edwards. I don't know if I spoke about that on the podcast. But anyway, so I knew about cricket and UFC. Then there's a massive NFL segment where I'm thinking, I don't know, should I just go get a coffee? I've never watched NFL in my life. I don't even know the rules. And then there's like a huge Premier League segment and like talking about the Europa League with Mark Bosnich for like for like 20 minutes. Again, I'm thinking cappuccinos lads like i don't know anything about these sports at all anyway so we're about to start and barney leans over and goes mate they set up like a couple of ipads in front of me one's got the run sheet of the show which they update as you go pro tip for next time i was unaware and and then the other one they've got the text line and barney gives me the the most ominous warning he goes mate whatever comes through on the text line just don't worry about it okay i go what he goes Whatever comes through on the text line, Bill, just don't worry about it, okay? Just don't worry about it. And I'm like, oh my God, here we go. 
And like Barney's like, yep, we're starting the show or whatever. I don't know. He does his intro. And he goes, yep, joining me uh, for the first time, Sydney comedian Billy Darcy. Like immediately on the text line. Are you guys just getting any fucking idiot off the street now? <laughs> oh my God. Like immediate slander. And I'll be, I'll be honest, rocked. Okay. Like I would say this guy having to go at me on the SEN text line. Sam Kerr, ACL injury, breaking news. Side by side, okay? Shaking, yeah? <laughs> and then uh, and then after that, it was pretty fucking fun, to be honest. You know, nothing to it but to do it. Um, and I maintain that if you put any white guy on the East Coast in front of a microphone, whether he's qualified or not, he'll just start talking. And that's what I did, okay? So some hot test cricket takes... Uh, Bozza called me Das during the football segment, which filled me with so much warmth, I almost burst into tears on air. I thought, holy shit, me and Bozza are boys. We're going to hang out after this, you know? He loves to party old Bozza, famed cocaine habit during the 90s. Holy shit, I'd love to be a part of that. So that was really heartwarming, and I had a bloody good time. I'm trying to think, yeah, I guess that's it. I guess that's it. Which is also how I ended the program on SCN that day. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay, we are running a little behind sketch here due to that 17-minute freak out up top. But nevertheless, another yarn from the break. So, me, Macca, and Adzi, the old uh, trio, we go out for dinner for the uh, our punters club end-of-year dinner. Now, so we've been doing UFC multis where every Sunday... We would do $10 each, three-leg multi, and we each pick a leg. And we ended up with $450 for the year. So we went out for dinner. Now, I'd just like to get in front of any hype whatsoever that we were up for the year, okay? If you do the maths on us putting in, you know, $10 each, like 35 times a year, so 30 times 35, obviously, it's a much bigger number than the $450 we ended up with, Okay. So, one, any money we won, we didn't double dip outside of an incident with McElroy that he maintains was an accident, but he went to freaking the Randwick races and forgot to switch out of the group betting thing and basically just spent half the kitty losing on horses. And then he maintains he replenished the funds. The investigation is ongoing, but yeah, the finances of, of, the, uh, of the group definitely could be run with a stricter... A stricter handle this year because it was all over the map and I'm not 100% sure what happened at Randwick that day. So, nevertheless, we went out for dinner. Uh, beautiful tomahawk steaks to end the year, you know. You have the, a mild amount of success as a straight guy. Uh, you got to get out there and, and just have some guy cut meat off a bone in front of you, okay? That's just how straight guys celebrate. I won't apologize for it. Not now. It's... <laughs> Anyway, so we went out, had a tomahawk steak, you know, oysters, prawns. We're just bl- blowing the whole 450 on the dinner, of course. Such a manly experience. We're at the Manly Grill, okay? Now, that's named after the area of Manly, not our demeanor as we walked in. We're at the Manly Grill. Such a vintage manly experience. Table next to us, all four Trebojevich brothers uh, from the Manly Ringer Sea Eagles, okay? I'm talking Tom. I'm talking Jake. I'm talking the third one. 
and I'm talking the fourth one, okay? I didn't know there was a fourth one, to be honest. He should freaking get in a group chat with the third Hemsworth and they can talk about how no one knows who the fuck they are. But regardless, dude, it was great just watching the Trevojevic brothers just sit there. God, they love their Tucker, hey? A couple of big boys in there enjoying some Tucker. You love to see it, hey? Pre-season boys, hey? Enjoy your Tucker while you can. Once you get back in the preseason, ho, 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 you won't be able to have this anymore. Enjoy it, lads, hey? Just... Just some of the worst banter of all time. I think they were talking about Minecraft for an extended period. God bless them. But yeah, a lot of laughs, not many jokes, and a lot of a lot of bloody tucker for the Trubovich boys. Ho 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 ho! You love to see it. So that was great. Anyway, so what about this? Now I'll run this past everyone. I'm running this around town. I've been telling this story to people, and a lot of people are like, "You should have stepped in." Now, I don't think we should have stepped in. So what happened is. We had the bloody time of our life at this dinner. Um, I get the ferry over to meet Adzi and Maka. Couple of beers at the pub. Then we go to dinner. Um, how, uh, now, this is a move that I, I would actually highly recommend, right? After the entrees. So, we've got like a beautiful bottle of red at the table. A uh, few scoons. Have the entrees. Oysters, you know, purely for carry-on. I think Maka hates them. And then we... Duck out after the entrees, blaze one on Manly Beach, come back in. The guy's got the tomahawk waiting for us. I mean, it's one of the all-time power plays uh, of the 21st century. So, now, we eat the tomahawk. We get up, we leave dinner. Now, this is where people are saying that we should have actually stepped in. So, we're walking from Manly Grill to the Stain. It's about 35 metres as the crow flies. On the beachfront, right, group of 16-year-olds. Local youths, right? I, I look at them, I think, ugh, they're probably vaping, doing nangs, you know, just vaping their head off, doing doing all sorts of weird stuff. Bloody teenagers these days, talking about Minecraft. You should be hanging out with the Trebojevic brothers, you know? They're talking about Minecraft, but they're not vaping, are they? So what happens is we realize a bit of a group, full-on scrap between two 16-year-olds, like a proper fisticuffs thing here, right? And... I'm not saying these kids were trained, but I'm saying, fuck, they've at the very least seen a Jackie Chan movie. Like proper circling, one bloke was keeping his distance in behind the jab. And we watched these two 16-year-olds fight for about, I don't know, five, 10 minutes. Not 10 minutes. That would probably be exhausting. Um, but it was one of the better scraps we've seen. I honestly think they had received training. They both looked pretty sensational out there. One bloke got dropped and the other guy said, just get up. There was clearly a gentleman's agreement to keep it on the feet, which the fans loved. And yeah, we just watched a, a great fight. Just, yeah, I, I'm tw- 28 at the time, 29 now. Adzi and Macra are my age. And we were the only adults within fucking Kuwe of this thing. And I've been telling people this story since of like how we saw this great fight. Um, and it was a fair fight, you know. There was no throwing of sand or anything like that. You know, if someone was getting their head kicked in, I would have stepped in. But it was just, um, I don't think a kick was thrown. Sort of just, yeah, just just a couple of fucking fully-fledged 16-year-olds trading a few hands, and they shook hands at the end. And it's some of the best live entertainment I saw in 2023. So, I don't know, riddle me that. Should we have stepped in? I mean, there's a scenario where, where I step in and one of these kids flogs me. I mean, I'm telling you, it looked like one of these kids had done a camp in Thailand. 
Like, I'm not even joking. They look one one of these kids looked sensational. Okay, I should have got his name and put him on the project for this performance. Um, and the bloke who got dropped, he actually was claiming afterwards. He goes, "I go, mate, you got dropped out there, but you look good. You got a chin on you." And he's he was saying he slipped. Okay, so he was actually he was actually protesting the knockdown. So I don't know, but as far as amateur scraps go, it's one of the best I've seen. A lot of people have said that we should have stepped in. I don't know, okay? I don't really know. But I'm telling you, as far as live entertainment goes, that's pretty much as good as it gets. So, I don't know. If you think we should have stepped in, riddle me that. Maybe if I can remember how to change the Spotify question, I'll, cha- I'll change it for this week. But anyway, up next, another fantastic experience I had during the break. I went to cricket, but in the members section, all right? The famous members, ooh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm feeling fucking cooked up today. But, dude, yeah, so cricket in the members. My mate Tom Orr took me. I've not been to the members since I was like 19, maybe. It takes, it's like a 25-year wait to get into the members. A lot of blokes' dads will sign them up when they're like born. My dad never did. I don't really care that he never did. And I assume one day I'll just be famous enough to just fucking get a platinum membership or whatever, you know, sort me out, lads. I'm pretty funny, yeah. But you can usually go with a friend if um if you're willing to sort of snoop around a little bit. So my friend Tom invited me. Unbelievable in there. It's unbelievable in the members of the SCG. And I was in the members' members, okay? I'm not even talking about the ladies' pavilion, which is also unbelievable. And I'm definitely not talking about the newsstand, which is also technically the members. Um, but is brand new and stuff. And it's fantastic in there, but it's not got the the history of the members' members at the SCG, you know? So, fantastic. A lot of people will uh, line up at like 7 a.m. And what they do is, when they open the gates, they run in and put their stickers on the uh, the seats and they write their membership number on the sticker. And then you can go have a coffee and stuff and you've reserved your seat for the day. So my mate Tom did that. I unfortunately slept in till about 10, uh, which can happen. And we get their great seats, right? The sticker system seems a bit flawed because I saw two blow-ups, right? One poor Indian guy who was at the cricket by himself got like bullied into next week by like a family of Australian white guys. The optics on that were pretty poor of a brown guy getting kicked out of the members by a bunch of whites. Um, Don't let SBS get their hands on that. But what happened was... I think a sticker had legitimately blown away because there was three seats, a free seat. There was three seats with stickers, a free seat, and then another sticker. And the Indian guy was sitting in the one with no sticker. And he was saying that there was no sticker when he arrived. As per the sticker system, that means that that chair is free. Aussie guy was saying, why would we do three seats, skip a seat, and then do another seat? Now... Fair point, okay? But at the same time, is it on the Indian guy to double-check all the membership numbers in the periphery around him? I mean, I don't know, okay? This is the first time I'm seeing this shit, so I don't even know. But it got pretty bloody ugly, I'll say that. And I saw another one of that, another one of those incidents happen two rows behind us because we were in the primo seats, like second row upstairs, right? Unbelievable. We saw some of the worst cricket I've ever seen. Saw Marnus and Steve Smith bat. I don't know. They just sort of batted. Nothing, literally nothing happened. With day two at the SCG, literally nothing happened for about mm, three hours. 
And then they went off for bad light. Apparently, the light wasn't optimal. So then they were off for about an hour and a half for bad light, and then it started raining. This is like two o'clock. So it's like, ugh, <laughs> okay. It was a weird day as well because then I walked home in the rain. All the line bikes like deactivated outside the SCG. Then I walked home in the rain after like six beers at like 3 p.m. Just sort of like, then I was just at home at 3 p.m., six beers deep going, I have no idea what to do right now. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this energy. Rowan's back at work. I, I don't know where Marky is. I, I, I'm, it's a Tuesday. I have no idea what's happening. So really, really, it was still fucking cool. I like, even after the cricket was canceled, I just stayed at the members by myself. My mate Tom left. I just stayed and had a beer and like looked around. Proper download hinge stuff from me. I was like reading the honor board and stuff. So everyone in there is like, it's pretty classist once you're actually in there. Like everyone in there is just like Ralph Lauren, Button Ups, RM Williams. You know, when you, you know, when you see these rich people, like when you see a rich bloke, but he's 60, I go, this guy's rich. But when you see a rich guy and he's like 20 and it's like your dad's rich, you kind of want to flog him a little bit, you know? Um, and it's sort of that vibe where you're in the members. It seems like everyone knows each other, but you don't know anyone. That was kind of the vibe. I felt a bit uncomfortable. I was actually like desperate for someone to talk to really. Um, so I shouldn't really project that onto the members themselves. Um, and what about this? This blew my fucking face off in the members. You can get glass schooners in the members. Glass schooners of like full strength beers. I couldn't believe that. I was mildly offended that you could get glass schooners in the members because it's like, you think because everyone here is so rich, like we're beyond glassing people. Are you seriously thinking that because I'm in the members, I won't drink this Carlton draft and then break it over some cunt's head if he says something I don't like? Because I will, okay? Not saying I will, but I'm saying I'm capable of it. And I'm not liking the vibe that you don't think I am. So that was really cool. Um, We did meet, I did meet, had the privilege of actually meeting a 50-year SCG member. So these blokes have been members for 50 years, so... I mean, they basically, you know, this guy was like 70, 75 maybe. He sat down. He was just so old, he had to sit down. We had a free seat next to us and he just had to sit, you know? Sometimes you get to an age where it doesn't matter if it's some bloke's 21st, if you're hanging out with friends. Sometimes an 80-year-old bloke just needs to sit and you just got to give him a chair. So he sits down and he looks at me and, you know, I'm wearing a button-up. But I've got a bucket hat on and I'm wearing my uh, Jay McGrath Foundation bandana, as I always do, around my neck like a fucking bandit, okay? I love feeling like I could rob a train at any point. And that was kind of the thing with the glass schooners. It's like, are you seeing how I'm wearing my charity bandana right now? And you're, you don't think I'm going to glass someone? Anyway, regardless, this 50-year-old bloke or 50-year member, I should say. So there's a, there's a secret bar, not a secret bar, but there's a bar that only 50-year members can drink in, in the SCG. And uh, he goes, oh, yeah, I've just been in the 50-year member bar. And he goes to me, he goes, so are you a member or a freeloader? And I go, the t- and the tone's not great from the big fella, okay? The tone has been noted. I go, yeah, I'm a freeloader. And he goes, yeah, I could fucking tell. <laughs> so I'm getting absolutely razzed up by this member. It was pretty funny. And then he turns to Tom's friend, who is a, a female, and he goes, uh, and he literally says, like, oh, I'm not sure why, sh- why she's in here. You know, shouldn't you be making sandwiches or something like of this ilk? And he goes, can I tell you guys my definition of a wife? But heads up, it's not nice. And I go, brother, 
that might be one we we keep in the 50-year member room, okay? I don't know if that's one for the, the general public, you know? And he's like, yeah, 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 fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> oh, so good. So I met a 50-year member, you know, I had a glass schooner and I was bored by the cricket. So I got the full experience and uh, it was fucking pretty cool, to be honest. I would love to be in there again. All right, now, anyway, a couple of things just to finish off here. Oh, yeah, okay. So I want to talk about a couple of news items. Yeah, the Sam Kerr one's just shattering. Not much to talk about there except just cry. But I will say, let me just, while we're here, quick drive-by on the Matildas. Sam Kerr out, right? I'm moving Caitlin Ford from the left up front, right? Mary Fowler in behind her. Gory and Cooney Cross in the middle, center mids, right? I've got Steph Catley coming up from left fullback to left wing. Is that doing anything for anyone? Because I, I love Steph Catley. I think she's underutilized at left back. I think the more Steph Catley on the ball we get, the better. But at the same time, if you want to keep Steph Catley at left back, maybe put Courtney Vine on the left, I could see that too. But I'd love to see Steph Catley playing left wing in the Paris Olympics. Throwing that out there. Anyway, so what about this? So Joe Coy, world-famous stand-up comedian Joe Coy, hosted the Golden Globes, I think yesterday. And he got the gig on 10 days' notice, I assume from Jimmy Kimmel or some scrub. And he bombed horrifically, right? Now, this is of interest to me as a fellow stand-up comedian. Joe Coy plays to 20,000 people a night, and I play to slightly less than that. So regardless, we're both card-carrying comedians, and... Joe Coy is getting absolutely harangued into next week for this dude. I feel quite bad for him. I looked up the set online. I actually couldn't find the whole thing on YouTube. I just found the highlights. And yeah, it looked pretty... He looked terrified, to be honest. He did that thing. Sometimes when you're bombing with a... Bombing can snowball a situation because you start bombing, right? So you don't get a laugh on a joke. Now you don't have that time as well to thank your next one. Like, when you're getting big laughs, you're also going a lot slower. And so then you don't get a laugh. Then you're into your next joke quicker. And then maybe you flub a line on the next one, which he did on the Taylor Swift joke. He was like, we have uh, the Taylor Swift joke that he got in trouble for. Um, which, by the way, people are saying, like, Taylor Swift was mortified and Joe Coy was, like, disgraceful Taylor Swift joke. They said he was racist. I, did, I couldn't find the racist joke. So I'm not sure there. But this Taylor Swift joke is so innocuous. I don't know why Taylor Swift was at the Golden Globes. I think if you're just like famous enough, you can go, which is fair enough. Okay. I think Taylor Swift can go wherever the fuck she wants. But so he goes, because the NFL often cuts to Taylor Swift when she's at the game, because it's like a big celebrity. And he said, the only difference between the Golden Globes and the NFL is the Golden Globes has way less camera cuts to Taylor Swift. And he sort of mumbled the word camera because he's bombing so hard. He sort of laughed through the word camera. And then they cut to Taylor Swift and she takes a sip of her drink and she looks like she wants to like kill this this guy. She want, She looks absolutely horrified at this joke. And it's just not really offensive at all. The joke is that the NFL cut to her so much. And the Golden Globes, there's more famous people so they don't have to. I could definitely hear that it's not that good of a joke, but it's not offensive, you know? Jokes can be offensive in content and offensive in quality, as Matt Rife found out late last year. And I think it's just not that good of a joke. But this thing where they cut to the celebrities, like, 
I think the celebrities, once they hear their name, they're just bracing themselves for some Ricky Gervais shit that they're just like ready to look cross, like, or they're just rattled. Like, and then Taylor Swift, she takes a sip of her champagne and she looks kind of cross, I guess, but it's not really that big of a deal. And then, you know, the story is Taylor Swift mortified at Golden Globes host, Golden Globes host bombs. And dude, at one point, Joe Coy turns on them, which I actually rated. He goes, one of his jokes bombs, he goes, what the hell, guys? I got this on 10 minutes notice, or uh, 10 days notice. Some of these jokes I wrote, they're the ones you're laughing at, okay? Get on board. You want 10 days notice. Jesus Christ, shut up. And as I think every stand-up can resonate with that, where you just got to take some power back in the room. I'm not sure how well it went for old Joe. Mate, I think, honestly, personally, if I was hosting the Golden Globes, I think you got to do it. I know Chris Rock does it with the microphone. I'd be doing it from behind the podium. You know, you got to do it Ricky Gervais style where you just literally just get a Gatling gun and just go, right. You got Taylor Swift is here and you just go, do, do, do. Just fucking light her up. Take a sip of a Foster's beer and look every cunt in the eye without blinking. And then go, Tom Hanks is here. Do, do, do. And just, and just bash it out. Like you cannot be engaging with the room at the Golden Globes. You know what I mean? This isn't fucking magic Mike comedy on a Wednesday, Joe Coy, you know? Keep going, brother, okay? Jesus Christ. I felt, and I'm not saying that I would do any better, obviously. Like, it, it's got to be one of the toughest gigs going around. But my God, I'd be hiding behind that podium like you wouldn't believe. I'd have Tina Fey up there with me as well. I'd be like, take over, babe. I'm bombing out here. <laughs> so, yeah, it was like when Sebastian Maniscalco hosted the VMAs. And it was like, why is everyone's dad up there, you know? Potential booking error. The thing with uh, news now and like trying to find stuff is that news is not just the news itself right now. Like the news is that Joe Coy bombed at the Golden Globes. Okay, that is the topic. That's the the story. But you look it up, and now and news in you know over the last five years and post social media. Now, if you search Joe Coy Golden Globes, the news is Taylor Swift reacts to Joe Coy. Will Smith reacts to Joe Coy. Uh, uh, other, you know, news anchors at MSNBC react to Joe Coy. Now people's reactions is the news as well. And the cycle continues that way. And then, you know, we you even get into stuff where you say Will Smith responds to Taylor Swift regarding Joe Coy joke, you know, and you just sort of get bounced around. And by the time you're on people reacting to people reacting to people reacting, they're like, uh, Joe Coy... Uh, honor kills Korean child at Golden Globes. You're like, what the fuck? You know, like, I don't even know. I don't know what he said that was racist. I honestly couldn't find it. But um, Will Smith reacted to the Joe Coy jokes, which I thought was hilarious. He said, and he full out of go at him. He said, uh, mildly famous comedian or mildly successful comedian Joe Coy, which firstly, Will Smith reacting to anyone doing anything in an award show. I mean, like, I think it speaks to what a psycho that cunt is, that he can't see the forest through the trees on this one and think, hmm, I wonder if if maybe I'm not the right guy to be passing out criticisms of what people do at award shows. But, you know, when you're the greatest man to ever exist, these aren't thoughts you have. So we've got Will Smith's thoughts, and he said, mildly successful comedian Joe Coy. Now, I'm going to have to take umbrage with this because Joe Coy, I mean, 
He doesn't make more money than Will Smith, but I don't know what Will Smith makes per film, but and I don't know how many endorsement deals Will Smith has and companies in this. And I'm sure Will Smith is richer than Joe Coy. I'm sure of it, okay? But I tell you what, dude, it wouldn't be by as much as anyone thinks. Like, Joe Coy plays arenas year-round. Joe Coy's earnings from the road would be in the same tax bracket as Will Smith's earnings. And that's... I'm not joking. So, really, a weird take from Will Smith. He said it was racist. I couldn't find the racist joke. So, whether the jokes I saw, people thought they were racist and I didn't, I'm not sure. But Will Smith reacting, I thought, was absolutely fucking insane. I mean... Dead said, have a day off, cunt, okay? So, anyway, reason I want to talk about the Golden Globes, two Aussies won, okay? Welcome to the project for 2024. The project is the segment where we celebrate Australian talent, killing it here and abroad, and two Aussies, in fact, three have won Golden Globes, I should say. Um, Sarah Snook won a Golden Globe for Succession. Now, I don't know what any of the Golden Globes are for, but I know that they won them. So I think this was for Best Lead Actress for Succession. Now, Sarah Snook as well, honorable mention, she appears in an episode of A Moody Christmas, or The Moody's, I should say. Uh, She plays the photographer chick in episode two. So there's just another example of Australian telly producing some of the greatest stars on God's Green Earth. Now, Elizabeth Debicki, Debikai, this feels like a real Jordan Degoe moment from me. I don't know how to say it. Let's say Debicki, okay? Even though I'm saying Debicki and it's making me feel not good inside, you know? Message me how to say this. But Elizabeth Debicki or Debikai, Debikai, Elizabeth, Australian actor, she won Best Supporting Actress, I believe, for Princess Diana in The Crown. And I love this because she's blatantly taken a job off an English actress. So, cop that, Poms, hey? You think you think we're not just here to smash you guys on the sporting field? That's 1-0 in the next Ashes series. I believe the first Ashes test, we cancel that. We have an Australian playing Princess Diana on your fucking show. That's 1-0, okay? Right under your nose, lads. And then finally, Margot Robbie won, um, I think, best screenplay or something. Her and Greta Gerwig won together for the Barbie film, which I loved. I saw the Barbie film. It was great. Um, And yeah, go Margot Robbie. You almost forget Margot Robbie's Australian. Yeah, like when you see her in an interview, you're like, oh, that's right. She's Australian. You know, she's so so big of a star, you almost forget. So well done. Well done uh, to those Aussie gals there. Love it. Okay. Love it. And then finally, project this week, USC is back this week, right? And... It's a smaller card, whatever, but there's an Aussie on here making his debut, and holy shit, dude. I'm going to use two words, and they're not his name, all right? The two words I'm going to use to describe this young man is free cash, okay? Ring-a-ding-ding, you've got the king. Anyone who wants to expand their South Coast portfolio this year, start on the right foot with Australian lightweight Tom Nolan. Dude, 6'3", 155 pounds. I know what you're thinking. Did Billy Darcy just describe his own height and weight? No. No, this is another man with these physical attributes. This is another man with exceptional kickboxing and sickening jits. Tom Nolan, he's paying a $1.33, six-inch reach advantage, okay? His opponent is 5'9". 
His opponent is 5'9". I don't care what skills his opponent has. 6'3 versus 5'9". This isn't an MMA match. This is a this is a freaking morning tea schoolyard beatdown, okay? This is someone someone yell out if the teachers are coming because we're going to see an old school morning tea beatdown. Free cash. Um, his opponent, I don't know a lot about him. He's one from four in his last four. I think he also mowed my lawn last year. So, yeah, no doubt an absolute scrub. Tom Nolan's going to run over the top of this bloke, and we're going to get off to a winning start in 2024. So very exciting. Get around that new UFC prospect, Tom Nolan. And that's that. First podcast back in the books. If you like cricket, I talked about the Oz Pakistan stuff on Tuesday. And yeah, dude, we're back. Going to have some guest episodes going forward. Um, Going to do some solo episodes, do some UFC stuff, some cricket stuff. Whatever, whatever's on, doing it all everywhere and in between. So looking forward to it, you know. If there's anything in particular you'd like to see more of in 2024, feel free to flick me a message. But apart from that, the podcast is back for 2024. Got a good vibe on this year and I wish you the best. Thanks for listening, dude. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now. I'm way too gone, way too gone.